Podcast. This is the Gas Woman's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters. We're armed with facts and statistics, and we're trying to destigmatize the plight of the working person. But today, it's just me. Hi, it's Lisa. It's another mini-sode. We have had a couple of rough weeks with a lot of violence going on, and we had to take a pause real quick and just talk about something that is really important, a connection that needs to be made. And it is that the reduction of patriarchy, misogyny, toxic masculinity would not just decrease violence in general, it would decrease mass shootings. I want to quickly share some information about the link between misogyny and mass shootings. So we know that femicide, homicide, and mass shootings are overwhelmingly committed by young men. And we talk about mental health and the role that that plays, but we don't often talk about the role that the patriarchy plays in this. These acts of violence have a lot to do with the ways in which society teaches young men to view women and the way it teaches all people to view women, if I'm honest. So when we're looking at mass shooters, we are looking at men who have a distorted view of masculinity, a toxic view of masculinity. They believe that being a real man, in quotes, requires aggression, requires domination. They talk a lot about the alpha ideal, so they relate themselves to wolves and dogs. They try to apply this to human behavior, and I think we fall down there. I know we fall down there. This ideal of the alpha male being the dominant, assertive, aggressive winner, beta male being the submissive loser, um, is something that gets touted a lot with insult culture, gets touted a lot with the sort of men's rights groups about uh, not being what they call a simp and things like that. So men who particularly act sympathetic towards women um, are, are accused of being simps. And that ties really deeply into our idea of what makes a real man. And men buy into this, particularly men. Well, I was going to say particularly men who do this, but I, I need to be really particular here, particularly white men. Particularly white men who feel they have a diminished economical and or social status that they then take out on the women in their lives because they feel like the world owes them something. So this happens a lot in the questioning of white supremacy. So when you come up against a white man who feels like his place in the world has gone down and does not see that as the world attempting to shift itself into a more equitable position, but sees it instead as an attack on whiteness on the white man, they then are filled with rage. They're filled with rage at the rejection of the world. They get filled with rage when they're rejected by women because they're unable to establish relationships with women because they're effectively touting misogyny and hatred of women in all of their actions, in in the way that they view women, the way they view their access, their God-given, in quotes, right to access to women, access to sexual fulfillment. So those things are all tied together. What I would say is this toxic masculinity is linked to almost every single mass shooting event that we have seen. In the United States and and around the world as well, there's a history of misogyny, domestic violence, having threatened women 
physically, violently in some way or another. Mass shooters have all done this. So there have been studies that have been done. There was a recent Bloomberg study that looked at mass shootings between 2014 and 2018. And what came out of these studies was that the role of domestic violence and misogyny in mass shootings, it's the common link between all mass shooters. 80% of mass shooters had a history of domestic violence. And the majority of mass shooters had killed a woman related to them in some way prior to carrying out the mass shooting. We know that mass shooters are overwhelmingly male, overwhelmingly white and again have overwhelmingly displayed violence towards women and other marginalized communities, LGBTQ plus communities and disabled communities. And also when you drill down into black communities, communities of color, um, and particularly black women, women of color. So to tie this all together, I mean, the Evalde mass shooter killed his grandmother before going on to the school the other day. The Sandy Hook mass shooter killed his mother before going on to commit the mass shooting. The Atlanta mass shooter killed only women. The mass shooting that happened a few days back in the Mexican city of Saleo, it killed 11 people, eight of whom were women. And the Pulse nightclub mass shooter and the Las Vegas mass shooter were violent and controlling of their partners. We know this. We know this from the documentation we have on them through police files. And it is important to understand that when we are talking about locker room talk, banter, when we're talking about the misogyny, the everyday sexism that we see around us in the wider world, in the workplace, this is not just, oh, it's just a joke. We're laughing it off. We're talking about something that systemically puts people in danger, disproportionately puts women in danger, but puts people in danger. When you tie in the other elements of gun control, when you tie in the other elements of educational control, the stripping of bodily autonomy, all of these things, they all rotate around the idea of masculinity. They all rotate around the ideas of white supremacy. They all rotate around the ideas of white Christian nationalism. If you don't see the links, we would be happy to take it further. Please go ahead and drop us a line at patriarchypod at gmail.com. We can talk about it further if you want. We could do another episode on it. But I really just wanted to take the time today and not try and put out an episode that's lighthearted or happy-go-lucky or trying to gloss over the very huge cracks, foundational deep systemic cracks that are showing, but instead say, let's look at these things from a very macro view. And that macro view is the patriarchy is everywhere and it is killing people at an exponential rate. I mean, we shouldn't be suggesting giving teachers guns and we shouldn't be teaching kids to hide barricade doors and active shooter drills. We should not be putting the responsibility for stopping violence, particularly gun violence, onto the people that are the most affected by it. We need to be stopping it at the source. And one way we can do that is if you are a parent, how are you raising your son? I have a son. I talk to him daily about white supremacy in terms that he can understand. He's very young. I talk to him daily about white supremacy. I talk to him daily about consent. I talk to him daily about violence. Because he needs to have the words to describe it when he sees it. He needs to have the words to call it out in himself because he will have it. You cannot raise a child in a systemically racist, systemically patriarchal, misogynistic, sexist, ableist, community, society, social construct and not have that drip fed into your kids. But what you can do is you can talk about it every day in ways that they can understand it. This is what you'll see. This is why it's wrong. If you hear someone saying this, it is not a true story. These are the tools we can give our children so that they do not grow up 
to believe, particularly boys, particularly white boys, to believe that they are the owners and the gatekeepers of excellence, that white skin should confer benefit, huge benefit, disproportionate to the benefit that other people receive, that they are not owed women's bodies, that they're not owed anything, and that the achievements that they obtain in part by having white skin within a social construct that deifies, that glorifies white skin, that that is not the experience of everyone else. And so the myth of meritocracy can die, finally, along with all these other myths that we potentially, everyone that is listening to this have been raised on. Um, I know that myself and Jenny were raised on, and we work hard every day to remove those myths because they hold on tight. These lies hold on tight, and we have to face them every day, and we have to work on them every day. Uh, So we hope that you will do that. Right, so you can find us on Instagram. Can't find us on Twitter. Facebook, Dear Patriarchy Pod. We're on TikTok, Dear Patriarchy Pod. PatriarchyPod at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. And we will be back next week with a full episode. And so we really hope you'll join us then. And thanks for listening. Love, light, and good night.